Hello there and welcome back to the Medtime Stories podcast. My name is Ashvin Sharma. And I'm Tom Thorne. And today we're speaking about resources that we've been using at med school so far. So both in our preclinical and clinical years. And so um, I guess we're going to have some differences that we've used because I don't think we use the same resources. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So uh, once again, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we'd appreciate it if you could leave a rating. Um, also, uh, we appreciate all the support we've got so far. Um, it seems like we've got a lot of you, new listeners in the past uh, couple of weeks. So welcome aboard if you're listening here for the first time. Yeah, it's been really nice, actually. I've had a couple of people come up to me even today and say uh, they were enjoying the podcast and they enjoyed our, our last episode on competition. So that was a, was a really nice thing to hear, actually. Yeah. yeah. What have you been up to? Uh, I've switched over onto my medicine block. So I've just started on diabetes. So, uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing for the last few days, learning about type 1, type 2 diabetes, gestational diabetes. Sore. Having a lot of fun? Uh, it's all right. It's all right. Um, I don't think it's a speciality for me, but a uh, specialty, I should say, for me. But um, yeah, I uh, I saw a, a load of uh, pregnant um, pregnant ladies with uh, diabetes. It's quite interesting and in, like how it's all managed. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's been a pretty chilled week. I'm trying to just kind of catch up on stuff at the moment <clears throat> and get a bit ahead. Um, yeah, but I went home at the weekend, which is really nice, and uh, saw my parents and. Um, uh, got to go out um, or got to get get some food in, which was really nice. And, oh, yeah. It was, oh, we haven't said it. Was, it was, uh, why did you go home? It was your birthday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was my birthday uh, last week. So, yeah, I'm 23 now. Makes me sound really old. Old. Yeah, I know. We're both 23 now, aren't we? Yeah. But, yeah, um, no, my, my week's been pretty boring. Um, trying to think of anything else exciting has happened. And it's not really. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, we're, a pretty, pretty yeah, dry week for me. I'll we're not honest. recording yeah. in the same um, location today. No, no, we're we're back to being over Zoom because for some reason you shot home again, haven't you? Do you want to explain well, to everyone why you shot home? What do you mean shot home, bro? I just came home um, because uh, you're scared of you're scared of being in the house alone, aren't you? Well, that was it. I couldn't I couldn't put up with you for, for any longer. That was one. Nice. Um, two yeah, was nice I was going to come home anyway, but um, I just came in slightly earlier because I have. Um, I had a deadline. I have a deadline on Monday. Um, and I've also got another thing that I need to get in for Sunday. Um, and I had a conference today, which I would prefer to do from home, just in case I like Wi-Fi at uh, uni just cuts out. Very unpredictable. So I thought I'd just come home. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, so had that had that conference thing today, which was very interesting. I was uh, going to say, how did it go? Yeah, it was good. It was like I was presenting my audit. So it was on... Um, whether CT traumagram is the gold standard for a severely injured patient. Um, and so, like, you had to sit through this. It started at three o'clock and it was until half five. And you only got a certificate if you were there for the whole, like, two and a half hours with your camera on. So, wow. yeah, it was long. It was long. And it's one of those things, you know, we mentioned in the last episode, like, this, like, these little tick box exercise. And I was just sat mm. there. And, like, your, <clears throat> your presentation itself was only four minutes. Yeah. So, out of, four, out of the two and a half hours, you're just there for four minutes or the rest of them used to sit there like smiling the whole time i'm trying to think there must be quite a lot of you then like 25 30 presentations yeah no it was it was long man because it was like they split it into two sessions so it, i think it was like 20 in each session or something so it must be like 40 presenters um also really? yeah yeah so literally when i was done quite early i think i was done in the first hour or so um and then you just sit yeah. there and sit there um with the standard zoom attar of like your shirt on and then like trackies on underneath um but yeah, so have that and um, should be back to uh, in person uh, together next week. Um, 
But right, yeah, today we wanted to speak about resources. So the resources that we've used. Um, and I guess let's start from, let's start preclinical. Let's go, let's go from time timeline. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we've spoken about this beforehand. We spoke about kind of like buying books beforehand and how we didn't really recommend buying <clears throat> buying books before you've even tried it out at, um, at uni. And I'm not a huge fan of... Um, I'm not a huge fan of that anymore and I kind of got coerced into or not coerced but I thought I really needed to buy all the books before I came to uni so I could hit the ground running so yeah, I think that's an important standard. thing before we even recommend our resources these are resources that work for us and they might work for you but it's definitely worth trying them out to see if they definitely do work for you um, yeah and do you, do you use any any books now at all I do yeah so I um, yeah the she's an onion so oxford handbook of clinical medicine used it today actually when i was learning about diabetes um so i use that and i've got a few a few of those books that you get for free but i don't use them that much there's like the oxford medical dictionary i think i got for free and there's a few others that i've picked up from registrars they're kind of slightly old editions so you the use the dictionary uh not that much i've occasionally used it i've got everything on my shelf haven't i but um half the stuff doesn't get used very often um like, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, in first year, I think I just used the internet, like, to be honest with you. Um, you'd use the lecture slides that you would be given, because in, in first and second year, they would only test you on the content um, in the lecture itself. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Or there'll be, like, maybe two, three questions in the whole exam, which are higher than that. And you've really got to kind of have gone away and learnt the information uh, extra. Yeah, otherwise, I would literally just Google um, Wikipedia, quite good. Um, WebMD, mm. also a good website to use oh really yeah i've never really used that really no oh it usually would just be when you type in a topic and that's usually like one of the first websites that comes up um so yeah that that was quite good for first year uh, i think the resources are quite good when you get into the clinical years aren't they so mm-hmm. uh when you get into the clinical years the questions change from more um yeah recall to more application-based questions so um for example in first year it'll be like what is this whereas in third year it'll be like a patient comes to you with x y and z um like for example what imaging mo- modality is, is first choice um for yeah. this patient so then you have to sort of apply it and so i think the biggest one i think everyone sort of uses it anyway is pass med yeah i think a lot of people use pass med and the kind of the earlier you get on that when you're um clinical student almost the better i i, I do realize you have to pay for it but um i think it's maybe 15 pounds for a year yes. or 25 pounds. a year yeah, yeah it's not it's not too much it's so. worth it for what you get out yeah. of it yeah you get a lot of questions out of it and you're able to kind of tailor your own revision so you can do questions on specific topics so i've been doing questions around diabetes recently and then it's a really good way and there's a lot of theory behind when you're doing questions if you get stuff wrong it can help you cement to kind of understand what you don't know and therefore help plan your revision better and also then um get a better grade because of that and it's no bad thing getting a question wrong it um it just means that you'll uh, get them right in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. What's, what's your experience using uh, PassMed? PassMed is really good. Like I, I used it mainly in fourth year. I didn't use it in third year. And I know our exams got cancelled because of COVID, but I kind of regret not using it in third year. Um, it's good because, like you said, it's it um, divides it into the specialties. Um, and you get a good explanation of why you got an answer right or why you got an answer wrong. 
Um, and it's also good because you have a comment section underneath, don't you? Um, whereby you can see what other people comment about a particular question. So yeah, <laughs> sometimes sometimes they'll like give you like a really useful tip to remember like a concept or something. But other times they just like spout absolute nonsense. Then they're, they're just like just just chat absolute um, nonsense. So it, it's good. It's good, and it definitely is the most widely used one. I think. Um, I think since PassMed, there's there's a couple others that. I haven't used. I mean, I used. I bought Pass Test as well last year. Um, have you used Pass Test? Uh, I haven't. No. Would you recommend that? Pass Test is good for certain specialties. Like, I mean, in fourth year you do palliative, and I don't think you have many uh, questions in Pass Med, so it's, it's good for those. Okay. Um, yeah. But to be honest, I didn't really use it that much. Um, there's another one, Quest Med. Have you heard of Quest Med? Yeah, I was gonna. I was actually gonna talk about that. I, I've already heard that that is being recommended, and it's. Um, almost you move away from just doing individual questions and it's kind of you have to think of a diagnosis maybe and then talk about treatment and it's it, it works like that yeah, yeah so i don't um, know what your yeah. experience with quest method no so methods, i spoke to my friend yesterday and um he said that um he, ha- he has he's got password but he uses quest med a lot more um and he finds it a, a lot better and although i haven't used it myself um i don't know if you've seen but they upload like um webinars to youtube so really yeah so last year before my january exams um when it got like quite late and i really couldn't be bothered to do anything i would like just put the youtube webinar on um and there they will go through a scenario and then whether you get it right or wrong they'll go through the explanation and after the explanation they'll go into the topic a lot more so actually i do you know what, I, for you i recommend it a lot they, they do um they have quite a lot for special uh, for, uh, spe- like medicine topics so yeah. you and your medicine block it's it's probably worth having a look at those webinars i learned, i learned a lot from those webinars Definitely, definitely. That's the thing I'll do. So I mean, that that's that's webinars. So like YouTube in general, I think is a very mm. very good place to learn stuff. Yeah, I think that what I found quite useful is um, actually on Osmosis, which is um, used to be just a YouTube channel, and it's kind of become monetized. But a lot of their really important YouTube videos are still um, uh, they're still free to access on on YouTube. It's the case that you. Um, need a subscription for all of their resources but you don't need it for every single resource and um i find their videos because they're normally about between five and ten minutes quite five and ten minutes quite good at explaining uh, a topic and it's easier because they often put drawings to little cartoons and you can then understand uh, maybe a diagnosis a bit better or a, a treatment modality or that kind of thing and i, I found that that's useful uh, when for the few conditions that you need to know about preclinical, but also for uh, when you come into clinical years, and they've got stuff on basically every rotation. But what I've been mindful of is that sometimes the guidelines are uh, either American, I think, or Canadian, and so that's something that you need to be careful of and use either nice specific guidelines or maybe the Scottish guidelines sign, uh, depending on the individual topic and not the American guidelines. Yeah, so it's probably it's probably more useful from a pure exam perspective in in the preclinical years. Mm. Um, but what I used it for is if I didn't understand a topic or I needed some more like clarification of something in our clinical years, then I would watch like Osmosis. Um, I'm trying to think of some others. I think there's like Strong Medicine as well, which is quite good. Um, I've heard of that one. You not heard of it? No, no. I think there's like JJ Medicine as well. Or oh, in preclinical years, there's there's that guy who does really sick drawings um do you know what i'm talking about he will just like illustrate um i thought that was osmosis oh armando you know armando hasn't oh yeah i think i know who you mean yeah 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's he honestly this guy like does like 10 20 minute videos and he just illustrates everything it's insane um so yeah so f- that's really good for preclinical years and clinical years um i would suggest doing more of the question banks because um the more practice you do it, it gets to a stage of where it's like pattern recognition with questions um and you do fall into a trap actually where sometimes you don't actually read the whole question because like you look at a stem of a question and you're just like oh i, I know what it's talking I about yeah, i know the answer yeah. but it's not the answer um but but what's good about these question banks is, is they link the guidelines that you need to know mm. for the answer. So, um, so like I was doing it today and doing diabetes and about how testing is different for symptomatic and asymptomatic patients with diabetes and how you need to differentiate there. It's not just you have one rule for everyone. And so it just will go, oh, the patient comes in saying that their their parent had diabetes and they want to be tested. And then I put the wrong answer and then I have to realize, oh, actually, they're asymptomatic. And so because of that, you need to do multiple tests on them, not just a single test. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's good, isn't it? And, and the guidelines, mm. like, that ultimately, that is what you should learn from the uh, the guidelines because they're the most up to date. Um, and what's correct. So it's good that these, these question banks just link them because um, and they, they change their questions um, every year accordingly, uh, whether the uh, guidelines are updated or not yeah so um yeah so so the question banks are good so uh, apart from um our own uh podcast is there any, any podcast that you listen to for um for medicine i actually i don't listen to any podcasts for um medicine it's something i've been meaning to get into um in terms of like revision i remember you said there was one that's good for um for learning about specific conditions and they have short videos on the condition and it's a british run one and then you can learn about that yeah so yeah yeah so actually do you know what i think they have you yeah they do have youtube as well so zero to finals um they've got a youtube channel i think um so they've got a nice website um and they they um they have lots of um, nice illustrations as well what they do good is they explain the uh difficult concepts quite in simple terms so you understand it a lot and um you know, people consume their content in different ways. You learn in different ways. And um, yeah. so they've got uh, notes on their website. They've got um, illustrations in terms of videos for most uh, like conditions. But okay. they've also got podcasts as well. So like if you're just if you're out um, and you were like you, you want to learn something or you need to revise, uh, you can listen to these podcasts and they're quite short. They're like 10, 15 minute max for each like condition. So okay. um, that's another good way of learning at podcasts. So. I did that last year actually for for fourth year, um, Fair enough. especially especially in the medicine block when there's a lot to learn. Yeah. Um, so you'd then, recommend doing that? A hundred percent. Yeah, hundred um, percent. What I found best for me was to vary um, the sources of what I learned from. In in the fact that I learned from YouTube, I learned from uh, the internet, and I learned from podcasts. So that helps me to learn from um, to consume yeah. the content in different ways, but what i'd say is that don't try and learn about one thing from 10 different places because uh, the information is going to be the same and it might be written in a different way so it might it might start to confuse okay. you yeah 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 that makes sense yeah definitely but yeah um i definitely think that it's a good way of listening because it means that when i'm driving to or from uni then i can have stuff going on in the background particularly if i'm revising about a topic and um I know, obviously, it's it's important to have that work-life balance, but um, they're good resources to have. Maybe if you're on a really long drive, just to refresh your memory. And it means that you could do maybe a topic each day and it just keeps stuff going over in your head. 
Have you ever? Would you ever listen to like an educational podcast? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd say I would. So, but I, was, I mean, yeah, yeah. Probably not. I, 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 I used to do it on like the small like little walks. Um, when oh, you really? Like, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, long drives, man. Like, don't even be listening to like medicine for like if you're having a two and a, two yeah, hour drive point. or something. Yeah, yeah um, fair point. But uh, have you learned of any new resources that you didn't know maybe in first year? Uh, yeah. So I mean, I didn't know about PassMed uh, in first year, but also what I um, what I didn't know about was um, stuff like Complete Anatomy. And actually, my university has a free subscription to that, and I think some of the other universities also do. So um, that is a three D anatomy. Um, it's a 3d anatomy kind of um application that you can get on your computer and it, it means that you can look through all the anatomy and it shows all the different body systems so it's a really good way of visualizing your anatomy particularly for those hard to learn regions or maybe there's a particular kind of topic you're struggling with uh complete anatomy is a really good one to use and a lot of unis have it for free so i wouldn't kind of go out there and splash because once again it's one you have to pay for but um if your uni has a subscription it's completely free so i know for myself and for us and it's completely free and i have it downloaded and i use it i used to use it a lot when i was doing my intercalation um because we we couldn't go into kind of campus and dissect as much as maybe we were able to beforehand so i i really really use that and um there's also um some other things which is uh get ahead books and um that's something that i um i think i introduce you to get ahead yeah, so they're multiple choice question books and they run almost like a mock. So rather than doing a question on a particular topic, um, they, um, they they run like mocks and they'll be around a particular theme. So maybe around surgery or medicine and they're more general and it means that you're you're testing a lot of different aspects of your knowledge all at once. Oh, were those the uh, the SBAs, the SBA books? Yeah, there's oh, some yeah. SBAs and there's also some other ones and they're a good resource. But... The main one that I really wanted to highlight that I didn't know about in first year is um, is com- is the examination book that I use, which is uh, Essential Examination. And that is a really, really good resource. So rather than thinking about just exams, Essential Examination is a book which provides a detailed method of systematically going through every examination pretty much that you need to know for med school. And it's all laid out over two A5 pages. So it's like an A4 cover. And so you can photocopy them quite easily. And um, and then it will have explanations on the next page. So talk about what you do and then talk about maybe some findings you might have. So I found that a really good resource. And even if you're practicing on one another, it's good. You open it up on that page and you can just examine your friends and go, well, maybe this is what I'd find if I was doing an abnormal examination. And this is what I find on a normal one. And I see it, uh, quite a lot of med students have it. I know particularly students that take kind of small bags onto the ward with them often put that in their uh, little bag that they take on the ward with their with their notepad and with some pens. So yeah, it's quite yeah. a good one to use. I've yeah. never had that. Um, I've just used um, so Geeky Medics. I'm just thinking about it now. is is another good resource, uh, especially yeah. for clinical skills and examinations. So I just used to look at the examinations <laughs> in Geeky Medics. But obviously, like if you have it in a book, it's all in one place, isn't it? So I guess that that aspect of it is quite nice, um, which I haven't. I'll probably I probably will get that for next year. Um, but that those SBA books that we were talking about, that that Get Ahead one is really good. Um, and I remember buying another one uh, f- before my exams in January last year. I really can't remember the name of it. I think it was like SBAs for final year medical students. Yeah, I think I've got you. I think I've got your book. Have it's you? It's actually in my room. Oh, wait, wait, is the blue one? 
Oh yeah, yeah, that one. Okay, so I mean, you can try. I mean, I I, I did like the first first test or something, and I, I really struggled. Yeah, I really struggled. I struggled to the point where I actually stopped using it. <laughs> I think I think out of the three hundred and twenty really? questions, I think I must have done like ten or something. Like it was it was really like seriously difficult. Um, what's it called? It is called 320 Single Best Answer Questions for Final Year Medical Students. Yeah, yeah. So that was really difficult. Um, so I was just like, do you know what? Like, I'm just going to stick to my uh, the other book, the Get Ahead SBA book and Pass Med, because this is just, this is like really demoralizing, like getting every single question wrong. Um, <laughs> and I mean, you read the uh, the answer and you're like, okay, yeah, it makes sense. But I, d- I didn't put that. So <laughs> I'll just be like, no. Um, yeah. In terms of like complete anatomy, I used to have complete anatomy and for first year. So it's very good at like visualizing what you want to see, especially when you're doing your anatomy. Um, you can see the different layers and everything. Um, I don't have it anymore. I had to delete it because like, I didn't have enough space on my laptop. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really, we don't really need it anymore um, in like fourth or fifth year. I mean, it's quite it's quite useful when you're thinking about like the surgical application of stuff. I mean, maybe that's me just thinking in a bit too much detail. But when you're on your surgery rotation, it's useful because you do need to know a little bit more anatomy, and it it makes you ready for going into theatres or for kind of having a conversation with some of the surgeons if you know your anatomy kind of well enough that you can understand the topic. And maybe yeah, because you will get quizzed on it, won't you? <laughs> yeah, you will. I think if you're if you want to go and go into theatres, it's you do need to know your anatomy in some detail. Um. But I was I was going to say with the your Geeky Medics thing, Geeky Medics actually have an app, but you only get some of the resources on the app for free and you have to pay for it if you want the whole thing. So what I normally do is if I know I have to pay for a resource, I just search for it up on the Geeky Medics website and you can still access it for free. So you can get it for free. It's just more of a faff to get around it. Yeah, yeah, because I'm not going to pay for something where I can access it free and kind of legally. Um, and... Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That's um, the only thing that I, I think is a drawback of PassMed. I really think they should have an app or something like that. Um, yeah. PassTest have an app. So, they yeah, they do. Um, so, I mean, I didn't really use it much. I, I do tend to use it on my laptop, to be honest. Um, I don't really would. I don't really study on my phone. Um, so, but, like, I guess PassMed, it, it would be cool to have, like, an app. So you can, you don't have to have your laptop on you all the time. You can just do it on your phone. Um yeah, I mean, that's one. And there's a past test diagnostic book, which one of my colleagues was actually showing me at med school um, or at the, the hospital today. And that's a good one because it runs through ECGs, blood tests and all of those things. And that's on Amazon. But I mean, it, new copies are about £25 on Amazon at the moment, but you could pick up a and that's third edition. And my, my friend had a second edition once. So you could probably pick up a, a copy secondhand for a lot cheaper. Like we said before, if you're going to be buying books, it's, it can be quite expensive and qu- quite an investment if you're you're buying all the books. So it's worth having a read through the books if you definitely want to get them beforehand. That's what I'd recommend now looking back because I wanted to have a look through this guy's book before uh, before actually buying it. And um, and I, I do quite like it. So I, I, I might get that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, someone sent me as well today. They said um, they have a, a really good ECG interpretation book as well. So, um, so books are also quite useful and in terms of buying them yeah they're really expensive so like we said before if you're going to buy something you might as well look to see can you buy it used first of all but also um usually at the start of each year the old years will like post something um i remember when it came to my oski last year i bought a book like with loads of different cases um for you to practice on and that itself i I think i must have paid about 40 quid for it like that was really expensive um so it's not ideal 
Um, but if if you really can't get any sort of um, in that situation anyway, like there there aren't many places where you can get cases. There are a few online, but this has like vignettes and stuff, and it has a proper mark scheme mm. where you can mark yourself with. So in that instance, I think it's worth it. But with general information i think a lot of the time one you can find the textbook online um i mean i'm not sure how le- i'm pretty i mean yeah, yeah. i mean you, you can find them online um yeah i mean it's it's it, I, I think that it's worth i think the best place to go is your medical library to because you can rent books out and often if the the books aren't very there's, there's a lot of books that aren't very popular books that you think would be popular and that aren't very popular um the best place to go because you don't want to get in trouble with your university um is to just go to the, the library and often they have uh, kind of normally 10 plus copies of popular books and then slightly fewer of less popular books but they'd normally have a, a couple of copies of these kind of um these question bank books and then you can just copy your answers down on a bit of paper rather than drawing on the book and then someone else can use the book as well i think it's a good way and also if you do buy the books what you can do is sell them on a later point so um that's a good one to use um i haven't sold any but i've got stuff like junkie errors basic histology that i bought and it's probably pretty pointless i don't want to become a histologist um for me to just keep that in my room i mean i've used it i think probably five times since preclinical to have a look at a couple of things but i very rarely used it since preclinical i used it in preclinical quite a lot i did i used to look at junkie errors quite a lot when i was preclinical so i probably got value out of it and i think i i bought it when i'd got a um uh, a gift uh, a gift card from like my bank for for joining them and for joining a student account i think i got like a 60 quid amazon voucher or something like that um so i um i have um i've managed to be relatively frugal <laughs> about getting them one one more thing i did want to talk about actually is that another resource that i think is quite useful is kind of mindfulness apps um cuz like we were saying before it's really important to have kind of time off and one of the um uh, one of the ones which I know a lot of people use is Headspace and there's uh, student trials which you can get. I actually, I don't use that myself. I've got, um, there's kind of free mindfulness apps that you can use, but I know Headspace is quite a popular one. I think if you've got Spotify, you can also get it for free or like vice versa or something. If you've got Headspace, you can get Spotify. So it's a combination to think about. And um, it's meant to be a really, really good resource for people helping get sleep and um, the stuff like Calm as well and some yeah. of these other apps. Which Insight are, which Timer is a good one. Okay. Um, yeah, just, um, yeah it, that's, that's a good one. That has like guided for whatever sort of you're feeling. Okay. Yeah, and then you, have, you can have like a mood journal as well. That's, that's also quite cool. Yeah, no, I've, I've actually not used them myself, but um, I appreciate that they're quite, they're quite popular. Have you ever used them? I am using Insight Timer. I haven't been as like regular with it, um, but I have used it over the past couple of weeks. That's pretty. That's quite good. Um, like I said, there's loads of different categories um, that you can choose from, guided or unguided, um, for whatever reason. Um, and then it sort of asks you to log your mood before and after. Um, so it's quite it's a good little app. Um, but oh, nice. Yeah. So I mean, it's good. It's good. Like these mindfulness apps um, because you might need them, but. Uh, just thinking about it now, another big one for me is is like Spotify or any like any sort of music app um, yeah. to get you through uh, sometimes revision. I mean, do you listen? Do you revise the music? Yeah, I do sometimes. I think I have to. Be but the you right watch movies when you revise, music. don't you? Yeah, I don't know. I, I sometimes just have like TV on in the background when I revise. Like not sitting downstairs, but sitting in my room. I, just, I sometimes have telly on in the background. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't mind it when I'm revising. I have to got, be on got my your own little stand, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. It like sometimes it works for me when I like. Yeah, I don't. I think when I get down to the proper revision, though, I, I don't. But like, if I'm writing up notes, I'll maybe have a bit of telly on in the background because I'm not too bothered. And then also, I mean, if I it it's not made any difference when I've come to test myself. I mean, there's always going to be questions that I do know and questions that I don't. So I'm not actually too worried about that. Um, yeah, I, I might have like the football, or the cricket on in the background, or I might have some like like low level, like quite chill music. Um, on in the background yeah when i was writing when i was writing my diss i had i had the cricket on in the background pretty much when it was like crunch time when it was like a month to go when everything was due um <laughs> i remember just having the cricket on the um the whole time in the background because um it was uh england india wasn't it i think um so yeah that's been a little bit of a discussion it's a shorter episode than normal but we just wanted to kind of talk about some of the resources that we use uh let me know what you use or let us know what you use um either on Twitter at Medtime Stories, on Instagram at Medtime Stories Podcasts, or via our Gmail, stories.medtime at gmail.com. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate a rating. And if you're listening on Spotify, uh, make sure to follow us um, in uh, in order to get an update for every um, uh, for every single new episode. Yeah, I was just saying that we're looking to um, have guests on in the next couple of weeks as well. So um, we have got a few episodes lined up after this and um, we're looking to have some people on, some interesting people with the, like different stories of their careers in medicine. Um, I know we said that we're having someone to speak about their Oxbridge um, experience and the interview process and uh, sort of difficult to get our schedules to line up at the moment, but we're working on that. Um, hopefully we'll have that out soon as well, um, just to get a few more perspectives and uh, people with some um, stories of their own. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it's been difficult, but um, I'm really looking forward to having a discussion about that because I didn't do any panel interviews myself. So that's something that we have got in the pipeline for you and uh, we'll let you know when it's coming out. Um, but once again, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to give us a follow on either Apple Music or Spotify or wherever else you're listening. Um, we hope you all have a great week and we'll speak soon.